What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sons of Legends. It's your boy, Art Dog, here with your homeboy, MJ Gunner. Oh, I'm cold as I can get. I cannot wait for this hour to be spent. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? It is freezing. Now, it is so in cold in St. Louis. Right now, oh my man. God! It is like 11 Good degrees Lord. out in this motherfucker. I'm but about the, the things we do for this show, the I, things I tell we you. do for the show. <laughs> hey, I want to give a, a quick shout out to my boy T. Um, he uh is the master of fragrances. You hear me? So if you want your girl smelling like a million bucks, or if you want to be smelling like a million bucks, uh, hit my guy up at smelltheloo.com. Uh, he will get you right. Turn, I got you, bro. <laughs> uh, but let's get it started, bro. Uh, yesterday, well, last night was UFC 246, mm. Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. Yes, sir. And uh, it was a great pay-per-view, man. Yeah, like always, it. the UFC always delivers. Um, I want to point out a couple of fighters on the prelims. Uh, Drew Dober versus Nazareth Hasprat. Um. This was a banger that was over fast. Yeah, it was. Uh, the Drew Dober caught dude with a smooth overhand left. Just uh, caught him throwing the leg kick and hit him with that overhand. And uh, dropped him and hit him like 14 times. I was, like, was this the one where he's literally <laughs> holding the guy's face? Yes, holding his face down. That ref should be, ref should be looked at, at or something. That fight could have been over seven or eight punches ago before <laughs> he got pulled off of him. He beat the like, hell out of that like, guy. That was, that was uncalled for, man. That was unnecessary. <laughs> he didn't have to do him like that. You already won, Oh, he brother. had to. Oh, he had to. You know what they say. Don't stop until the ref stop you. Well, that ref should have stopped him a whole lot earlier. I mean, it he was... he got in a couple unnecessary shots. <laughs> he did. He did. He was... He bashed this guy. He, he came through, hit him with the overhand dude, dropped, and he just grabbed him by his throat and just, and just started wailing on him. on him and beating him. And then he turns over on his back. And he doesn't stop the punches. He keeps beating on him. Lord. That was insane. Somebody come get your man. Somebody come get your man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was pretty exciting. It was exciting. Uh, Drew Dobert <laughs> killed it on that one. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi and Macy Barber, another barn burner dog. These two girls was going at yeah, it. Yeah, they definitely, they went in last night, Art. They and, did. Um, Big up to Macy Barber, man. She fucked her knee up in like the second round and she toughed it out through the whole thing. She got her head busted open. Was Roxanne that the one bleeding from the ear. Yeah, Roxanne was killing her, was killing her, especially when she knew that her knee was messed up. If that was me, though, I would have told her to get up and and make her walk on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To get a stoppage. But. Roxanne's probably such a nice person that and she didn't even go for the knee. Yeah, really. she didn't even go for the knee at all. I was like, I would have put her in a knee bar right there. Yeah, well, you know, it's a fight and everything, and you play to win. But you know, that I think that some people that there's a line of humanity, and that's nice to see. You know, sometimes definitely. 
Definitely. Good but, on Roxanne. Uh, Roxanne killed it. Uh, she really showed how much she improved, man, because Roxy used to be stiff. Her stand-up used to be not so good, but mm -hmm. she caught Macy with a jab and made her knee buckle, and then it was all Roxanne, like, all the way. Rounds one, two, and three. One of yeah. the judges had the cards 30-26, which means they gave her a 10-8 round. So, yeah. big up to Roxanne. She did the damn thing. Uh, that was that was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, um, and then uh, those are the ones that I wanted to point out on the prelims. If you want to watch the rest of them, of course, hit up ESPN+. Plus. But um, on to the main card, man. The first fight was uh, Showtime Pettis against Diego Fajera. Um, like, Showtime is one of the ones that I've heard. I've heard the name a lot. Anthony Pettis. I've seen him yeah, fight you a know, few times. He was, he was you know, right. a champion. He went from being a 155-pound champion to not even being ranked anymore, I don't think. Right, like, I always look forward to seeing his fights because he's one of the ones that I know, and I always expect him to win. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's he's an exciting fighter. He's one of those ones that throw all these wild kicks right. and stuff. And he tried. He was getting his little issue off. He tried to throw some kicks off his back, but I think everybody knows how to neutralize him at this point. Just don't give him space. Yeah, you got to stay in close on him. Yep, stay close on him. Make sure he can't throw these roundhouses and spin kicks and jumping off the cage and all that fancy shit he does. As long as you... I think they pretty much neutralized his style by now. Damn. Yeah, they pretty much learned that if you don't got no space, you can't throw no kick. I mean, that would mean it's time to adapt, though. You know, it's time to come to something different. Yeah, I mean... Eventually. I'm guessing so, because don't get him twisted. He does have a couple submissions on, on his... I mean, he won the title with the arm bar. You know, he uh, submitted uh, Gilbert Melendez with a guillotine choke. Right. But at the same time, he's most known for his kicks his knockouts by kicks you know head mm -hmm. kicks uh he did this running showtime kick off the cage yeah. um he's known for that type of thing but um diego did what everybody does took him to the ground choked his ass out yep. second round yep and, and i really really was looking for anthony pettis to really make a come up you know what i'm saying because after he fought uh, Steven Thompson and knocked him out with the Superman punch. Everybody was like, holy shit, he just knocked out the number three guy in the world. And they were looking for him to, you know, go up and get, you know, build his momentum. But he goes back down to 155 weight class and then gets beat up by Tony Ferguson. And then now that he's back, because Tony Ferguson like broke his nose and all types of shit. You know what I'm saying? The doctor stopped it. But after that fight, um, you know, we were looking for him to be in rare form again. And this is what happens. Diego never gave him space, choked him out. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, with Ronda Rousey. You know, once people figure out your game plan, you either adapt or that's it for you. You know? Yeah, that's that's pretty much how the game goes. But, um, yeah, uh, big ups to Diego Fajera yeah. for pulling it off. You know what I'm saying? Because he really got a big name win with this one so people are going to know who he is now. Right, right. You know absolutely. what I'm saying? That's that's the upside to a a superstar falling from grace is when you get a win over them, people know you now. As if to say right, you know, you get to help build somebody else yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how it went. And um yeah, so I mean, I don't know where Showtime goes from here, but 
Hopefully he can go back to a rare form. He needs to he needs to kind of switch something up a little bit. I think he needs to get a great boxing coach because mm-hmm. everybody looks for him to throw kicks. So if he makes his hands lethal, then it'll be on. Yeah, this is more than one loss in a row for him, isn't it? Uh, this is two, I think, in a row. Two oh. or three. Wow. Yeah. I'd say it's time to change something up. You know, mm-hmm. like if they have your feet scouted, go for your hands, like yeah. you just said. Yeah, get a great boxing coach or, you know, I mean, not not to say that Duke Rufus isn't one of the greatest coaches of all time, but right, still. of course. You know what I'm saying? Um, he Something's just not working. For mm-hmm. you to go from the number one guy in the world on a Wheaties box you know, the first <laughs> UFC fighter on a Wheaties box. Wheaties box. Yeah, he was. He was literally the first UFC fighter on a Wheaties box. I've never seen anybody actually sit down and eat a bowl of Wheaties. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that cereal was still around. Neither have I. Wheaties. But he went from the the top of the mountain and just, you know, he just fell from grace, man. And something's got to give. Because yeah. we still want to see Showtime be Showtime. Absolutely, you know. You know, we still like to see him. You know, as my opinion has changed on him, you know, I still like to watch him fight and everything. Exactly. Um, then there was um, there was the boa constrictor, Alexio Olenek, against Maurice Green. I mean, that name is well-deserved. Like, that man is a huge, what is he, 240? Uh, yeah, like about 245, 250. He's a heavyweight. So, like a, he's a heavyweight boxer. And he's 42 years old. <laughs> like, the man will grapple you and find the submission. To, and it does not matter where it's from, he'll find one. Exactly. Eventually. He's the he's one of the first people I've seen submit somebody on the bottom from his back. Oh, really? He choked the guy out. It's called, he's the I think he's the only fighter to get an Ezekiel choke in the UFC, which is you're laying on your back and the guy's on top of you, and he puts his arm up under the throat and then grabs their head and just chokes them out from the bottom. Wow. And he's got, I think, I want to say like 40-something submissions. Like that man. Eight in the will, UFC. Will, that man will grapple you to death. And he And he does. And... He, everybody was like, he oh, he's time. he's going to lose. He's old. He's slow. And he just, what his name says, a boa constrictor. He just wraps around, guys. He pulls you to the grounds by any means necessary. I mean, he literally pulled the dude on top of him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but you were saying that uh that his opponent that lasted like forty forty five seconds. seconds in a choke. You know what I'm saying? Wow, so that's big ups of. to Maurice I don't think Green. I've ever seen that before. Yeah, the crochet boss. He submitted maybe two other guys with this same choke. And Joe Rogan was yelling on commentary. He's done. He's done. He's gonna. He's gonna pass out. He's done. And he's putting the thumbs up. He's like, yeah, I'm cool. Then he starts hitting them in the face from the bottom and stuff. So Let Maurice. Me go. Toughed it out, dog. Yeah, but eventually, he pulled him to the ground, caught him in an arm bar, and for some reason, Russians like to go belly down instead of doing it on their back like Ronda. Uh-huh. Um, he went belly down, and he stretched that motherfucker out. And I mean, Maurice, pretty much like yeah. Becky does the arm bar. Yeah, Maurice didn't have nowhere to go. Yeah? Yeah. So... 
Alexio Lennox for the win, dog. And this 42-year-old motherfucker is getting his digs in. That man's still going like young game, young man's game by ass. You hear me? <laughs> he let them, he let motherfuckers have it. Right, right. Uh that was dope. Um uh I wanna talk about the cold main event, which is Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Uh they spent about 13 minutes of the fight in the clinch, which lets me know two things. Number one, Holly Holm came in this motherfucker with a game plan. Mm -hmm. She was not finna get this girl no space. She knew exactly what to do. She was pushing her against the cage a lot. She had, uh, and I didn't know that Holly had such good Muay Thai, but. Yeah, she was messing her up. Yeah, she's, she's, everybody knows her as a boxer. You know what I'm saying? A world-renowned boxer who can throw kicks, mm -hmm. who's working on her ground game. Right. But Holly was, she showed her Muay Thai to a T, and which let me know that Holly is like the gatekeeper of two separate divisions in 145 and 135. So if you want to get to the title, you got to go through that girl right there. And she's not going to stop probably until she gets another title. I mean, she's had uh, about three title shots, I'd say, that she lost. But she's still going, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. she lost to um, she lost to Jermaine Durandamy for the inaugural uh, 145 title. Uh, she lost to Amanda Nunes. And I want to say that she lost to Cyborg. But... Um, she's still around and she's still killing these hoes. Absolutely. I mean, I think this one kind of gets a bad rap for, you know, people like to say it's boring or something because he spent so much time in a clinch. Like it's a game plan, you yeah. know, it doesn't, all, it doesn't always have to be pretty, but it is effective. It, like, it was very effective. If something wasn't working, then that's one thing, but you know, if it's working, why change it? You know, exactly. how he went in there and did her job. And the second thing she it let won. me know, was Holly improved by leaps and bounds because the first time she fought Raquel Pennington, Holly Holmes was debuting in the UFC. This was her first fight in the UFC and she won by split decision. Mm -hmm. This time she won by unanimous decision. Like it was all Holly pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it really it really was. It really was. She was kind of bullying Raquel a little bit, you know what I'm saying? She had her against the cage. Rocky would try to turn. She wouldn't let her go. <laughs> Rocky would finally get out, and she'd turn her right back around. Like, like and, and, and I'm I understand <coughs> that uh, Raquel has been working towards this match for a while, right? Yeah. And you know, it's just we haven't seen Rocky fight in a minute since since Holly. Uh, no, it's it's been I believe the last time we saw Rocky fight was when she fought um Amanda Nunes for the title. Oh. And that's been maybe two years now, I wanna say. Wow. I can't remember the fights that she's had since then. Of course, you know, it's gotta suck for her, you know, she spent all this time in preparation trying to get, you know, this win back from Holly Holmes and you know, she Basically, he's dominating. Yeah, because you know? she really believed that she could beat Holly since Holly only beat her by split decision the first time. Right. But Holly really showed her, like, I'm not the same fighter I was when you fought me the first time. Exactly. And, you know, I think that that's kind of a, a naive thing to think, you know, like, especially if it's been a long time, like, yeah. nobody's going to grow and yeah. get better. Yep. 
And Holly did. She no. showed that she really improved and got better. Right. Um, like you should expect people to, you know, to improve if it's been years. Also, big ups to Brian Kelleher because uh, I I thought Sadiq Yusuf was going to kill him. And Brian Kelleher got the submission like it was nothing. Oh, man, I remember that one, too. Like, bam, it's just there. It was just there. It just right. happened out of nowhere. Right. And Sadiq looks really powerful and really big for that weight class. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Brian Kelleher, I mean, just killed it. They did. Congratulations. Um, on to the main event, bro. Uh, Cowboy versus uh, Donald Cerrone. Cowboy, uh, McGregor and Donald yeah, Cerrone. Here we uh, go. I'm sorry. McGregor versus Cowboy. Um, what can you say? McGregor. You can't really say much. McGregor came out, uh, started really fast, jumped right in with a flying knee, trying to do it like game bread style. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cerrone kind of ducked up under it, and then he st and then they clinched, and McGregor started hitting him with these shoulder shots. Like I've, I'll give him this. I'd never seen that before. Like somebody really messing I mean, somebody I've, up with a yeah, shoulder. Yeah, I've seen it, but I've never seen nobody get rocked from a shoulder right. shot. You know, like I've never seen you know somebody taking mega damage with your, with your shoulders like that. And he hit him with like four shoulder shots, and the last one busted his nose open and then when cowboy breaks uh mcgregor hit him with a high kick and he went down and mcgregor finished from there um, it was like maybe 40, 30, seconds. 40 seconds 40 seconds was the official time i think oh well, i was looking forward to this one well everybody knows I'm i've been taking shit in the group thing. chat that we be in I've been taking shit in the group chat because... Up yours, Daviante Jones. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not a McGregor fan at all. Me neither. At all. But I knew he was going to win this fight. Because, uh, let's face it, Cowboy, uh, he lost his last fight in the first round to Justin Gaethje mm -hmm. by knockout. Um, and we all know that Cowboy Cerrone starts slow. If you let him get into a rhythm, he's damn near untouchable when you let him get into his rhythm. But nobody lets him get into a rhythm anymore. Everybody knows, like, any fight that McGregor, I mean, any fight that Cowboy has lost has pretty much been by fast starters. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When he lost his title shot to uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, Rafael was all over his ass within seconds. Like, if you could finish him within... Within the, the first, first round, for, maybe first minute, yeah, first right. two, three minutes, then... It's it's pretty much a done deal, but once you start letting him get right. that rhythm going, because if it goes past like first round or so, then you might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, you will be in trouble. Not even a question. Um, it's not many times where Cerrone has been rocked and been able to come back from yeah. it. Uh, the I, I, old school fight I remember him versus uh, Melvin Gillard. Melvin rocked his ass in the first part, and Cerrone ended up throwing this high kick that caught Melvin off guard. And, like, finished them immediately. But that's probably one of the only times I can remember Cerrone being rocked and coming back from it. Mm -hmm. But um, McGregor's, you know, going to act like he's tough shit again. But he's still fighting big-name unranked fighters. Yeah, true that. I mean... The way I've been listening to you tell his story, he likes to fight people on their way out, doesn't he? It seems like he he's spoon fed 
these hurt and sick fighters and short notice and things like that. I mean, I'll give him the credit for beating uh, Jose Aldo because Jose Aldo was pretty much in the prime of his career and he was undefeated for like nine years. Mm -hmm. And McGregor knocked him out in 13 seconds. Right. One of the fastest title wins ever. You know what I'm saying? So I'll give him credit for that. But I'll give him credit talk, for certain things. But, but the big talk of the next fight he's going to have is George St. Pierre. Like, that's the name that I hear keep that I keep getting uh, here thrown around and stuff. St. Pierre's retired again. You know what I'm saying? St. Pierre came back to fight uh, Mike Bisbing, took the title from him at 185, which was a weight class up from where McGregor is at at 170. Mm -hmm. And then he left again. He never defended it or anything. He just mm -hmm. left again, left it vacant. And that's how Robert Whitaker ended up with it. But, you know, that's a, that's a name that I hear... And it would kind of back your argument for Conor McGregor if this fight does happen. Like, yeah. why is he going for someone who's That's what I'm saying. Now? I don't think he want to pop smoke with nobody in the 170-pound division at the top of it because there's Tyron Woodley, there's Jorge Masvidal. Oh, I there's, remember that one. You know what I'm saying? There is uh, the champion, Kamaru Usman. You know, there's a row of killers up there. And then if he does go back down to 155, Khabib sitting there as champion and Khabib smashed him the last time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so it's pretty much damned if he does it, damned if he does it at this point, isn't it? Yeah. So his best bet is to fight the big names because he does, he is yeah. probably the highest paid UFC fighter in that, in the company. Yeah. I'll give him that. You know, McGregor is a really big draw. People love, love, love to watch him. They listen to him. They hang on his everything. But they word. didn't like, they didn't like him this time around because I guess he learned from the way he was talking shit to Khabib and the way Khabib beat up him and his whole team. I was going to say, like, this was a different Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor this time. Like, it wasn't a big trash talking. And, you know, even I was kind of put off by, like, where's Conor? You know what I'm saying? Well, he learned. I guess he had to learn because if he didn't, there would have been another instance where he'd, he'd have probably popped smoke, talked shit about everybody, got motherfuckers riled up. And then gets his ass beat. I mean, that is... He's done that the last three fights that he's had. I mean, but... Well, the last two, at least. Because when he fought Khabib, he talked big shit, got him and his whole team beat up. Then he did... I mean, he talked stuff to Floyd Mayweather. Got beat there. Got beat up. Talked shit to Nate Diaz. Got beat up. I mean, but people, they flock to Conor McGregor they for the do. show. They it's really the do. the show, though. Like... Would he be as big of a draw if he was not doing all the talking and the yelling and the doing all the other stuff? Like, I honestly think that's a big reason why people love Conor McGregor so much. Like, he's like a WWE superstar in there sometimes. And I believe that if he doesn't make it a UFC, that is where he's going to end up. In the WWE? In the WWE. Like, I think he'd do fine there, to be honest with you. I like, think he'd actually be an excellent WWE superstar. Like, McGregor, he's got the mic skills. And... And the charisma. He can learn the wrestling. And the strut. I mean, an argument between him and Vince McMahon would be epic. Them, them doing the strut. The billionaire strut that he the, stole from Vince. do a strut off. <laughs> but, I mean, let everybody tell it. Conor McGregor's back. The King's back in rare form. Well, I don't know. 
know? I just don't think that he could deal with any of the top contenders in any of the divisions right now. The, his best bet is to stay with these big money fights with big names who are pretty much going out. You know what I'm saying? So, and Dana White came on a press conference and he's like, well, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about Connor. He looked really strong. He looked really good. And the people want to say that Cowboy was, uh, was, you know, was on his way out and that's bullshit and blah, blah, blah. But that's really how most of the people feel is that he, that Donald Cerrone is pretty much, you know, done for as far as being a contender for a title like, or anything like that. I like Cowboy. Cowboy but is yeah, your favorite fighter's say, favorite fighter. Yeah, I would say that he doesn't have, well, at least in my opinion, he doesn't have too, too many left. You know, I understand he loves it and everything. Yeah, he's not going to stop. Three or four at the max, maybe? He said he's not going to stop fighting. He loves fucking fighting, so... And that's a great reason to do it, yeah, you know? Yeah, you can't stop a person who's in it just for the passion. I mean, and give give Cerrone his credit. I mean, he's the all-time leader in finishes. Right. All-time leader in bonuses. All-time leader in... Um, and wins. And if he wants to keep going, you know, who are we to and tell And if he gets he more wins, it's going to make it harder and harder for anybody to catch him in this record. You have to be there. He's had 18 fights in the UFC. Right. Nobody's really doing that. People are going in like 10 fights and then they're done. Their career is pretty much done. But Cerrone's been there for years, years and years. You know what I'm saying? So it takes a long time. To, and... To be able to fight three or four times a year, that takes... I mean, McGregor's only fought once a year. So, mm. for I'm, the only time I remember him fighting twice a year is when he lost to Diaz and then bitched and complained and held up a whole division that he was champion of to fight Diaz again. Right. And in my opinion, he lost that fight too. <laughs> but, of course, they gave him the decision. Of course they did. So, I mean... Everybody in the group chat can shit on me for not liking McGregor and bringing up straight facts. I don't like him either. But we'll see what happens. Because if he wants smoke, Jorge Masvidal is right there. If he <laughs> wants the fire, Kamaru Usman is right there. And that's really what I want to see. You know, I want to see you know McGregor be tested. You know? I want to see like, McGregor looking- fight. The top contenders. Right, like I'm not looking to see him fight, you know, another Just for big money. guy who's, you know, some would say over the hill, as they say. Yeah. I don't want to see him just fight for big names. If you're claiming you're the best. Right, let's see you go against the best. Let's see you fight the best. Right. And that's what we're pretty much looking for. I'm, I'm done with big money fights with the Floyd Mayweathers and the things like that and because I hear that Floyd Mayweather is supposed to be coming to the octagon which is highly unlikely unfortunately you know as long as they make the money off of it that's going to keep happening well I'm and that's McGregor one fight that I would not pal. pay for that's one fight that I would not pay for that's like paying for Randy Couture and 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 uh George and uh Tony again nobody yeah. wants to see that Tony talked all this shit, James Tooney talked all this shit, gets in the octagon and gets taken down with a single leg takedown. Right. No, that doesn't even work in the gym. <laughs> right. But of course, you know, when you go against a high level 
wrestler or MMA fighter and you're only a boxer, the, only the worst things can happen. True. Because true. they know where your holes are at. And, you know, just to be clear, I wasn't trying to, you know, disrespect Sorone at all whenever I said, you know, he's kind of, you know, hanging on there. It's just, that's the way it looks. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's not necessarily disrespect. It's just your opinion. And he right. said he's going to keep fighting. So all we can do is wait and see what else happens. Right. We have to see because don't don't get Donald Cerrone twisted. Like I said, I said in the beginning, if Cerrone takes Conor McGregor down, he's done for. Yeah. But he said he wasn't going to do it. And he stood I mean, by his word. He didn't do, do it. that, though? He didn't do it. He didn't take him down. Like, I would have took him down immediately. Exactly. You know, like, why would... As soon as he came out jumping and flying, I'd have took his ass down immediately. That's like grounding one of your best weapons or something. You know, and it's like is. taking away your best weapon. Yeah, man. Donald Cerrone has that. the most underrated submission game in the MMA community. The most underrated. Because my guy submits motherfuckers out of nowhere. And I wish he just would have used it. But he didn't even have a chance to do anything. Yeah. Because like his nose is busting within 20 seconds. McGregor got him pretty hard. Yeah, McGregor got him. So I'll give I'll give it to him. But I'm not giving him. I'm not giving it to him. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to parade him around like he did this two, three years ago. Because two, three years ago, I think it'd be a different story. I, I don't think it would have been a different story. I think it really ended think up so. the exact same way. Because... Uh, Cerrone likes to he likes to put on a show, man. He likes to stand and bang with people, and that's one of his downfalls is being cowboy. I mean, people love him for being cowboy, but, but his downfall, downfall is being cowboy. Right, I understand. I you know understand. what I'm saying? It's one of those things. I I predicted this from a mile away. Ready to get into some wrestling here? Ready to get into some wrestling? Good old fashioned American wrestling. All right. Uh, I think we should start with Raw, and I would like to and I would like to kick off the topics here because I uh, saw Charlotte versus Sarah Logan this week, and I'm really loving this savage Sarah Logan thing they got going on. You know, with the war pain. Yeah, we've always the, known like, that Sarah Logan was a beast. Like that's awesome. You know, she's got this really cool gimmick. Yeah, I love the way she slides down the ramp yeah. on her entrance and stuff. Of course, we didn't get to see much of a match this week. But you remember last week, though, Sarah Logan just kind of beat her and Charlotte fought outside the ring and they ended up just Charlotte just put on her robe and walked away because they both got double counted out. Yeah, and this week she gets squashed. Well she didn't get squashed, but she did get she did lose. Uh like, she tapped out to the figure eight. It wasn't that, it wasn't that long of a match, was it? It was uh, uh at least a commercial's worth. I'm watching this match I don't understand. Uh, I guess we're seeing different things in it. I think so. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't like a whole segment, but right. you know, it was good enough to display I didn't the see new Logan. Sarah Logan. Because remember, last week Sarah Logan sent out the tweet and said she's done wrestling. Right. She's gonna start fighting now. I didn't see Logan get that much offense off. Is what I'm no, saying. No, she didn't. She didn't get a whole lot off, but she got enough to where you know that she's she's around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's there. She's not um, in the shadows anymore. So, I get um, you. you know, well, speaking of in the shadows, this Bobby Lashley Rusev thing was terrible this week. It's terrible every week. I hate it. It's hate, not hate, terrible hate, hate. every week. Yes, I do. Yes, it is. <coughs> Good but, Lord. But this week, it really was terrible because the first thing that really caught my attention was. 
Liv Morgan last week said that she was going to be in Rusev's corner, and she didn't come out until the ass end of the match. I, the I can't. I can't do it anymore. Yes, you can. I, I just don't know. Like, who's supposed to be benefiting from this? Who really? Well, right now, nobody's winning in this storyline. Nobody. Because for Liv Morgan's return to be done the way it's done, we all wasn't we wasn't really happy with that. None of us were really don't happy. really like. I it. was cool with it though because it gave Liv Morgan a lane. You know what I'm saying? To be on yeah. TV more than she would have just coming back regularly. Yeah. Because you know how it. they do. They like to put a, put people in the ring with jobbers in the beginning or no-name people, make them look, you know, extra strong and then have them lose to a main carter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They did it with Braun Strowman. They did it with the War Raiders. They did, right. you know, they squashed these jobbers, making them look like they're badass. And then the first people they fight with a name, they lose. Yeah, I get so, what you're saying. I'm glad that she had a lane to be in. That's about the only positive thing I can I can make out of the storyline, to be honest. If you got Liv Morgan back on the TV. I'm going to tell you my, my favorite thing about this storyline. Bobby Lashley has never had a personality. Ever. He doesn't right now, though. But he does. It's giving people it's giving people something to relate to. It's giving Bobby Lashley a chance to speak on the microphone. We're, he's not known for things like that. You know what I'm saying? He's not known for telling a story. Lana's- he's known for just being in the ring, bashing people, or, you know, getting these getting these wins or or losses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he's never known as a mic guy or a storyline guy. He's just around. He doesn't really talk now, though. Lana does all the talking. But he's talking. Yeah, he talks sometimes, but not yeah. a lot. I, in my opinion, he's talked more than he has in this storyline than he ever has in his career. He talked a lot when he was a TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Or, like He used to run Impact. And he used to talk there. We're talking his WWE stint. I mean, in TNA, he held every belt in the company by himself. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's a different type of Bobby Lashley that we got. And also, also, we got the MMA mixed Bobby Lashley. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was different. we can't have it here. No. We never got a storyline-driven Bobby Lashley. I get you. I get you. And I think that this is beneficial to him because it'll give him a chance to be able to just come out and say shit that's on his mind. You know what I'm saying? Whether he's a heel, whether he's a face or whatever, it's giving him a voice as far as the WWE universe goes. Everybody that's watched him in TNA knows that he has one. But we he was known as... The mean ass, straight to the point, American top team, you know, type mm-hmm. of fighter. Here, he was just known as the guy that come out and points at the crowd, doesn't say a word, you know, all that type of thing. And this is giving him a chance to show a character. Like I still don't get where you're coming with this, but all right. I mean, Lana does all the talking, though. That's what I'm saying. Lana just yells. You know what I'm saying? Lana's job. Every time she talks, though, she's talking for her and him. Lana's job is to annoy you. Which she does. And she's doing it perfectly. She does. 
And I'm saying, though, she's always on the bike. He's hardly ever on the bike. Sometimes he's on the bike. Remember last week, Lana was doing a lot of yelling, and Bobby looked back at her and told her, shut up. Okay, he gets two words in. No, he talked on the mic talking to Rusev. You know what I'm saying? While Rusev was doing this thing where he's on this fake beach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bobby Lashley was the one that was guiding the the storyline. Okay, so during the match... At the end, pretty much at the end, the worst, really the worst part about this was while they were wrestling, the crowd was silent. There were no cheers. There were no boos. And that's the worst thing you could have. Because people are sick of this storyline. People just weren't interested in the match, period. And that's the problem. Like, they've been building this match for months and months and months and months. People should be ready to see these two go at it. And nobody's ready to see these two go at it because they're sick of it. And not only that, I believe that them having a regular match kind of defeated the purpose of what the storyline was about. Like, where's the where's the extreme rules? Yeah, match? y'all supposed to have, like, a false count anywhere. Y'all supposed to be, like, beating the shit out of each other. And, and was this a was a regular-ass match. match. And then live more. Morgan comes down, and instead of her, like, actually doing anything to Lana, she just stands there and kind of yells at her, and Lana grabs a soda from somebody that was planted in the audience and throws the soda on Liv and throws her into the barricade, and Rusev was paying so much attention to it that Lashley comes with a spear and gets the win, which Lashley has beaten Rusev every single time that they've fought since this storyline began. And then Lana goes to the back and challenges them to a mixed tag match next week. Yeah, right. Then it'll be uh, Lashley and uh, Lana and uh, Rusev and uh, Liv Morgan. And he did talk a little bit. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Art. You know, he does. T- he did talk back there in the backstage yeah, segment. And, and he's I telling Lana, you. like, why the hell are you making me fight this guy again? Right. When I just won again. Like, I'm with Lashley right now. Let's move on. Please. But that's pretty much where it's going. And hopefully this will be the last of it for your sake. It probably won't be. I'm dreading that this that this feud makes it all the way to Mania. Because what I'm seeing is Liv Morgan turning on Rusev and siding with Lashley and Lana. Is that what you're saying? Because I, I wasn't really seeing that. That's where, seeing that's where I'm seeing this going. Rusev and Liv against Lana and Lashley from now on. You no, know, like I'm, those two being it together. I'm seeing Liv Morgan turning on Rusev, siding with Lana and, La- and Lashley. And, I mean, that's, that, you know, that's my wrestling mind working. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but... I know we're, we're kind of on different shows right now, but, you know, I like to compare Mandy and Otis to Russo, to Lashley and, and Lana. Lana. You know, because, you know, with Lashley and Lana, you know, they just show up together one week, you know, bam, we're together now. And, you know, this is the reason why I like uh, Otis, and Mandy. Otis and Mandy more because, you know, it's kind of a, a build up to theirs, you know, like Otis... Said some clumsy stuff back in the day. You know, he's uh, getting all shy around us. Well, he's always, yeah. Otis has always kind of had eyes for Mandy Rose. And you see it here and there when she walks past. Heavy Machinery's like working out or some shit. Hmm. And and she walks past and he just stops and stares at her. And it's just gradually building. It is. And it's adorable to see her get involved too. Like these, like I could see actually see her going face off this. 
And that's weird because I could not, because I can really picture Mandy Rose as a face, but it's working right now, you know? I think, and you know what's, well, I, I guess we'll talk more about it when we get onto the SmackDown thing. Right. But as far as Lashley and Lana, I feel like uh, it was X-rated immediately. I think that's the thing about it. Like, Mandy and Otis is more like a PG-13 movie. Right. And Lana and Lashley is more like an X-rated movie. You know what I'm saying? They're in hotels, laying in bed together, tongue kissing on TV and all this stuff. And Mandy and Otis has this adorable kind of teenage right. budding romance thing going on. Yeah, I get you. I you know what I'm saying? You. I think They're that's different. where I think that's where it completely separates is Mandy's... Mandy, Mandy and Otis haven't even kissed or touched or barely anything. And when he does touch her, it's more meaningful than when Lashley touches Lana. Yeah, well, I definitely prefer Mandy and Otis. But yeah, I mean, I love that storyline myself. Me too. But okay, uh, more of Raw, um, that triple threat match between uh, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and AJ Styles, classic. It was a good one, like... I knew putting those three together, it was going to be great. And then seeing AJ try to rip off Randy's moves and never succeeding. And then Randy got the Styles class off this week. And it was pretty great. And, you know, McIntyre comes away with the win. You know, I love seeing that. And and how do you feel about McIntyre going face? Because he's been going face, like, slowly but surely. You know what I'm saying? He's talking more. Mm -hmm. He's giving the audience, uh, he's getting the audience involved. You know what I'm saying? Do you want to see us go to the back and just keep talking? Booryay. Do you want to see us have a triple threat? Booryay. Okay, well, you know, he was a face in NXT, and he was a face in his running TNA. And, you know, I like those. I like those uh, times with uh, McIntyre. You know, I think June McIntyre is one of those guys that can you know, really just do it all, face or heel. Yeah, you know, I think we'll be all right. And you know? then the, the countdown to the Claymore. Yeah. I'm I'm loving that, the three, two, one, boom. Right. You know, I think wrestling-wise, whatever, McIntyre could do either one. And th- it just annoys the hell out of me. Like, they're sitting on such a gold mine here, and they refuse to dig it up. But you know how the WWE Universe works. Like, they'll run with you all the way until you get that title. And then as soon as you get it, they're like, okay. And now they're bored On to the you. next one. Yeah, they do it all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the biggest example of that was Kofi. Like, they were riding with Kofi. Until he got the title. And then as soon as he got the title, like, two weeks later... People were done with it. I think it was. I've said it on the show before. It's because it was not their idea to put the title on Kofi Kingston. But that payoff was tremendous, though. Yeah. Kofi Mania was like what a happens, movement. What happens after? The same you know? thing with the Yes movement. You know, what happens What happened after he won the title? You know, people got bored of him. This is what happens when they do things just to shut us up. You know? Well, we I was, get bored. I'm still with it, and I still love you know, Kofi as a championship contender. I just think that now people are not looking at him as a championship contender. As they shouldn't. After Xavier Woods got hurt, you know what I'm saying? It changed. It's always something with the New Day. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember when Kofi won the title and everybody's like, Big E's supposed to turn heel and he got hurt. Like, I cannot look at Kofi. Like, I don't see Kofi Kingston as a contender for the WWE title anymore. Not right like, now. he's been pushed right back down into tag team mid-card. Right, right. You know? Like, and that's, that's, 
I just don't want the same thing to happen to a guy of the caliber of Drew McIntyre. And me either. I get what you're saying. That means that we all have to be patient. I understand I'm probably impatient. Because that be is one of my picks to win the Royal and Rumble. And be ready for them. You know, when they have something for him, then they'll do it. That is one of my that is one of my picks to win the Royal I'm Rumble hoping. is Drew McIntyre. Because he is on a roll right now. I'm hoping. He's getting his mic skills together. Mm-hmm. My guy is, like, becoming a, a straight contender. And it, he is very believable to be any one of the champions. And, like, Lashley and back uh, and Lesnar and McIntyre would be awesome. Yeah, as long as Brock will play ball. Yeah, as long as Brock is in a good mood that day, I guess. Yeah, as long as Brock's <laughs> going to play ball and ready to have a barn burner, I could not see it going any way but being one of the best matches of the night. And speaking of Brock, he was on Raw this week. Yes, he was. And it was just weird because they didn't really say much. You know, like, usually when Lesnar something happens big. Lesnar had my favorite segment on Raw. I know, like, it was funny with truth and everything, but, like, it wasn't big, it wasn't big news or something, you know, like it usually is with Brock, you know, usually when you see Brock, something big, something big's gonna happen, you know. Or, Heyman, so, or he's gonna give some type of announcement. Heyman's got something to say, is what I'm saying. I mean, he didn't really have something to say this time. You know, but kind of threw me off. when our truth came out, dog, <laughs> truth is gold. Truth is gold, dog. Love and him guy. saying he's entering the Royal Rumble <laughs> and he's gonna throw him over throw the top Paul rope. Heyman out. Paul Heyman. <laughs> and it, and Paul's went, like, I'm not even in the Royal Rumble. Brock's in the Royal Rumble. Wait, never mind. He said, Well, I take it back. I'm, I'm not, not in the Royal Rumble anymore. <laughs> He kills me, he really does. Our truth is a treasure. And then, uh, just, I, but I, him making Brock pop was yeah. hella funny. You know what I'm saying? You'd never see Brock lose character. Yeah, he's laughing and stuff, and he gives an F5, and he's like, That's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, <laughs> that's trying to what's say, up. <laughs> trying to say it in like a hood way or whatever, yeah. but I mean, I mean, the important, another important thing did happen though after. Brock and F5'd was, him. Yeah, that was Mojo Rowley winning the 24-7 title. Like, you heard him say, he's not running, he's not hiding. You know, like, I've been saying maybe that this title doesn't have to be all about the antics. And, you know, maybe Mojo Rowley's the right guy to run with that. You know, like... Maybe I'd he'll... love to see him just come in regularly. People, you know, try, like... How they were chasing our truth and him not running, him right. just bowling just, through just motherfuckers. Just bowling through people. Like, maybe they could actually sanction a match for this thing. You know, like, just two people. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? You know? It would give a change of dynamics to the title. Right. Because, in my opinion, you know, the the comedy thing, it's kind of running its course, you know? And I, I, I'm I mean, but the whole thing is, it. like, the whole thing is... This title is starting to become synonymous with our truth, with yeah. just our truth, and you can't see anybody else with it but our truth. And I, I, that's a problem. Yeah, you know that that is becoming a problem if you have a title that's supposed to be, you know, where everybody wants to contend for it, but the only people that are contending for it are the ones that um are the ones that are running and comedy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Singh Brothers and, uh-huh. you know, R-Truth and Carmella and things like that. So, but it was it, it was cool, though. Yeah. Uh, what was the main event on Raw? It was... Oh, was that uh, the fist fight? Yeah. <sighs> Good Lord. God. 
uh, like we needed that. But the the good thing is Buddy Murphy joined. I don't see that as a good thing. It's like they're just throwing random people together now. Like Rollins and LP and Buddy Murphy. These guys don't really have anything in common, in my opinion. Well, like, we're, I don't, don't want to see Buddy Murphy lose to Aleister Black anymore. I, I don't. I can understand that. I can understand that. And, you know, that's one thing. And they act like Aleister Black, Aleister Black couldn't couldn't take one loss. One loss, dude? I mean, th- th- but that's 50-50 booking, though. And that, that that's kind of a problem, too. You know, like when people trade off wins... It doesn't really help anybody. At yeah. least now it helps one person. And unfortunately, that person's Alistair Black and not Buddy Murphy. But I don't see, you know, this this being a good thing. You know, it's like those four guys are just kind of randomly thrown together. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. They don't have anything in common. Right, nothing so in common. Yeah. And, um, but neither do Big Show Joe and KO. Neither. Thrown together the union. Faction. Yeah. No, thank you. And I and they're specifically thrown together to for the team of Seth Rollins and AOP right. specifically. But uh, we All should right, get on ahead. the road here because I want to talk about Impact. Go ahead. You know, because uh, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with Tessa Blanchard? Sure. All right, because you know Tessa, she's uh, she sent out an uh, apology this week. You know, but you know, looking at it, you know, it's kind of a little PRish to me. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like somebody else wrote it. Right. You know, like I'm sure that she does kind of feel these feelings, right. but I don't think that those are her words. And the one thing that stood out to me was she addressed not being a racist, but she never addressed being a bully. And, you know, I understand, you know, you want people to know you're not a racist, but... I think it's more important. The bullying... I, yeah, it's... it's the same, it's almost on the same level, you know what I'm saying? Being a racist and being a bully is, you know, both despicable. So if you're going to address one, you got to address the other, too. No, I mean, that, and as far as women wrestling goes, being a bully is kind of a, a worse thing, a worse problem to have right now, you know? Because all those uh, those ladies that came forward and said, you know, you're a bully, you've been, you've been trying to hold me back, yada, yada. You know, and she's she's never addressed that. You know, it's like she just takes it in silence. Well, Moose did come to her defense. You know what I'm saying? And he's taking shit for it, too, for but coming even, to Tessa's defense. But even he didn't deny it, though. Yeah, you know? he never did. All he did. said was, you know, you guys aren't perfect either. And, you know, your timing says a lot about you. And also, I wanted to address the fact that Booker T said that them putting the Impact World title was the worst thing that Impact could have done. Like you had to, you had to uh, uh, imagine that you would get this kind of reaction. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was going to be a mixed reaction, right? But nobody, ex- I expected more celebratory actions than them damning her. Unfortunately, that was ruined the night before. Harder to kill. Them. Right, right. So I expected more people to be celebrating the fact that there's a woman winning the world title mm-hmm. than them to be bullying her. The way that they were. I mean, I don't want to use the word bullied because everybody's saying she's the bully. Right, right. So. You know, it kind of marked her moment there, you know. Right. It might have been deserved, but it was still marked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Marred. So. Um, I want to talk about Van Damme before you go off there. This guy is pushing oh the lines God. on TV as far as it can go. Like, his celebration this week. You know, he's celebrating his win over, and then um, over uh, Daga. 
in the, yeah. the machine Brian Cage and, and Hard Brian to Kill. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> he's celebrating his three-way. It's him, his girlfriend, Katie Forbes, and his girlfriend's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And the ladies, they they both got their asses out and everything. And one of them's got whipped cream on. Yeah. And they she's got the uh, the yin yang bra yeah. thing like. They are showing some like, skin. And then eventually, you know, it gets cut off, you know, when things get a little too hot. And then they come back. He's got kisses all over him. They're wearing the whipped cream where their bras used to be. <laughs> it is just like. RVD is to, pushing it to the limit, like Van baby. Dam is pushing things to the exact limit. Like, if you go any farther, Impact will probably be off the air. Be off there. Like, they got, like, there's a rumor that they got kicked off Twitch for this. Uh, well, like, this segment got them kicked off. RVD is letting the world have it right now. Since his ring skills are going down, his promo skills are going up. And I enjoy that, you know? I like this heel work of RVD because. You know, like, I think it's going to work better than it did back in the day because now he has to be slower in the ring. Now he can't do all the exciting things that he used to do. So right. he has to rely more on his promo work. And it's working. It is. It's working. You know, Van Damme, he is a highlight of uh, Impact Wrestling I can definitely see him coming up to be the champion eventually. Yeah, I could too eventually. Like, if they get behind him right. Yeah, the right way. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about SmackDown right fast before we lose right. too much time. Um, I wanted to start off with, um, the theme, well, with Kane coming back, mm -hmm. uh, Kane, uh, was talking about the Royal Rumble, but it was just a trap to set for the theme. Right. Uh, when the theme came out from under the ring, Kane turns around, it's like, what took you so long? And then Daniel Bryan comes out of nowhere. And then they fight. And then they, and then Daniel Bryan pulls out some of his hair. But the thing that I don't like is Daniel Bryan challenged the Fiend to a strap match. Why not? Uh, because it kind of the mystique of the Fiend is the fact that lights go out, he, di he disappears, he ends up wherever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So with it being a strap match, Daniel Bryan's like he can't run anywhere, he can't go anywhere. So like I think that's an interesting uh, turn on things, yo. Know? Like. Like, he likes to get away whenever uh, somebody's got the upper hand, which is rare, but Daniel Bryan just proved that whenever he's in trouble, he likes to go back down the hole. Right. And now, you know, he's kind of, like, tethered to Daniel Bryan, so they have to fight each other. I see other. the way this is going to go. Lights go out. Strap's going to be off. You know what I'm saying? Oh. He'll be behind them somehow. Man oh, man. Like, I, I see the way this I'm is I'm looking going. forward to this strap match because I think it's a pretty interesting thing for the Fiend and his character. You know, somebody's finally got him pegged down and he can't go anywhere. You know, no more lights, no more nothing. Right. Well, we'll see what happens. But please, the red light, please. <laughs> It just annoys the hell out of you, doesn't please it? Please get rid of the red light. <laughs> we hated it when Kane did it. And we hate it now. You got rid of it then. Why won't you get rid of it now? <laughs> My it's, God. It's unique to the fiend. That's why they keep it around. Get it's rid of it. unique to him. My God. Get rid of the red light. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to break up Fire and Desire. Unfortunately, because they're one of the... the I think they're one of the, uh, the real legitimate tag teams that, you know, that are still left. Right. You know, like a tag team tag team. Mm -hmm. We've been around for a while. Because this week... uh. Sonya asked Mandy to ask Otis to be in their corner for right. her match, too, 
because mm-hmm. she thinks that Mandy is using Otis to get wins. Right, right. And, you know, Mandy's Mandy's like, actually likes Otis. So he's like, hey, let me get in on that. Huh? Yeah, let me get in on that. <laughs> let me get in on that. I see what you're action. doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> She's like, what am I doing? I see what oh, you're doing. Just ask him. Don't you know say yeah. Don't explain it to me. Just, just ask him. I see you, girl. And then uh, <laughs> Mandy tries to get involved in the match. She gets uh, booted off the top. Otis catches her. They have this little adorable moment. Oh, my moment. God. The faces he makes. How the hell could he be making such gruesome faces and yet still be so <laughs> damn adorable? Him and his, his tongue thing. <laughs> So, <coughs> the storyline is building and it's becoming one of the be- one of the better ones on SmackDown. Yeah, I like this story. Um, Usos versus the Revival. They had a match. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the Revival has to put the Usos over. Um, it was a good tag match, though. It, it, yeah, I, I love tag team wrestling like that. Yeah, you know it's a saying? good one. And, but. The revival always brings it, dog. The like revival boys, always brings it. The always, bad part is they can't always be on top, but it seems like they should always be on top. Exactly. And then when they're not on top, they're directly on the bottom, bottom, like push, push down. Like yeah. they're either champions or they're jobbers, apparently. Yeah. That's, uh, and that's even a when sad they're thing. champions, they're still not pushed that, that hard. You know what I mean? So, and then um, uh, John Morrison had his return match. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You know, pretty I followed uh, Joe I love Mo. This, I love this uh, cartwheel dropkick thing he's been doing. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. But I, I still don't like Starship Pain. I mean, that's a pretty cool move when he hits it directly on. He never hits it directly I on. I mean, he usually hits it. Well, he hit it directly on outside the WWE. He never really hits it directly yeah, on. Yeah, he did. I, he was I hate that move. I, I think that it's terrible. It. That Always. It doesn't even look impactful. When he hits it directly on, it does look impactful. It doesn't it's, look impactful when he uses his It's just flashy, fist. dog. Like he used to, like whenever he used to use it back in the day, he'd do the thing, the twist thing, and he'd land with his fist and his forearms. And this week, he landed on Biggie's face. I saw that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I get it. Stunt. I get it, but I get what you guys like about it. It's flashy, but it's not an impactful move. It's like using the split-legged moonsault as a finisher yeah. to me. And that's not good enough. Even RVD stopped using a split-legged moonsault because it wasn't impactful enough. I get you. I so get you. I, I don't like it. But uh, Miz and Morrison coming up. Love you know those saying? guys Love together. Uh, feuding with the New Day. I see them mm-hmm. taking the titles off the New Day. Me too. Me too. I can't wait. Uh, uh, before uh, we go off the air, though, you know, we, we usually do this at the beginning. But, uh, you know, we talked about the pay-per-view. Uh we did lose another wrestling legend this week. Yes, we did. R.I.P. to Rocky Johnson, yeah, man. Rocky Johnson. He was a trailblazer. First African American tag team champion. Him and Tony Atlas as the Soul Patrol. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, condolences to the Rock and his family, Absolutely. man. You know, Rock you know just uh, shared a, a video saying, you know, how how precious life is and how our words have impacted him. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh... R.I.P. to Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Mm-hmm. All right, Gunner Man, tell him where to reach you. Uh, Matt Lindsay on Facebook. Matt Lindsay 677 on Instagram. You and know the drill. And of course, Art Dog 1 on Instagram, Art Dog 3 on Twitter, Arthur Quinn on Facebook. Hit us up at the Sons of Legends 21 at gmail.com. Uh, give us insight on what you want us to talk about, and we will listen. Um, before we go off the air, yeah, uh, Roman Reigns and, uh, and 
Robert Roode and a table, table match, match uh, interference everywhere, terrible. You know how this goes to me. Roman Reigns pulls it off, and then he has a false count anywhere. At him and King Corbin false count anywhere. At also, Lacey Evans uh, beat Bailey. Don't even SmackDown. get me started. We do not have enough time for me to talk about how <laughs> Sasha Banks has to put over another flipping blonde. Don't even Art, because that's like all she does. Well, all on this- the main roster with Charlotte, it's Alexa Bliss, it's Lacey Evans. It annoys the hell out of me. Don't even get me started. We don't have enough time. You're right. This has been the Sons of Legends. We'll holler at y'all next week. Hi. <laughs>